Let us stand in body or in spirit as we listen for a word from God. The scriptures are from Mark 6, 30-34. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that we had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As we went as we went as he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And they began to teach them many things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Cheng Young, for reading that scripture. So I asked the, uh, the children this morning when they're bored. Let me ask the adults. When are you bored? While driving, yes. I find myself particularly bored at red lights as I'm waiting to go. And I reach for the radio. That's when I know I'm bored. Mm-hmm. When else are you bored? Oh, if you've overcome boredom, tell me how you did it. <laughs> when are you bored? Yeah, Pam. I'm bored in one-sided conversations. One-sided conversations. Uh, yes, when someone's just talking and you're listening, listening, and right. there you don't ask you. Yeah. That is so honest. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Angela. When a hu- when your husband wants to explain. In baseball. That's good. Uh huh. Yeah. In, in the fall, I hear there's an expression called football widows, where guys just go and watch football games on Sunday afternoon. I, I imagine that's the ca- same case with baseball, too. Yeah. And a lot of baseball, you know, I love baseball. A lot of baseball is boring. Hmm? So, Yeah, you'd rather cut right to the highlights. Yeah, I understand. When else are you bored? Waiting. Waiting. Yes. Waiting in line. Waiting in line. Yeah. Yep. There's no line at the supermarket. I always pick the wrong line. Yeah, when you pick the wrong line, it's even worse, isn't it? And you see other people going zipping through their line, and you're. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, um, as we're doing repetitive things over and over, 
at work doing repetitive things over and over again. Just tedious, boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know the secret that I want to tell you because I, I told the next generation. I wish somebody had told me that when I was their age. But in the spiritual life, God is very close to us when we are bored. If we could sit with the boredom and not run from it, God is just on the other side of that boredom, smiling at us, perhaps winking at us when we're in one of those conversations when we're just listening, 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 and it's really not a conversation. When we're bored online at the grocery store, God is standing there with us. Perhaps bored as well. If we could resist the temptation to fill our lives with distractions, we might find this to be very fruitful space. Even to, to recognize, oh God, I'm, I'm bored again. Uh, you want to be bored with me? Or God, maybe I can just pray for the people who are making me wait. Or God, maybe I can pray for the highlights to come a little quicker. Or God, bless this person or this situation that is just terribly boring to me right now. Or God, bless me in my fidgety space. Or God, what do you want me to learn from this experience of boredom? Maybe there's something for us. Pascal, who I think was in the 1700s, was he a mathematician and a theologian? He strikes me as one of those great minds. Somebody tell me that afterwards. Pascal said, the richer, the more money we have, the more distractions we can afford. When people have no money, they have very little way to distract themselves from the boredom of everyday life. I don't know about you, but I, I wear my smartphone within grasp all the time. I don't wear it when I preach because I don't want to get a, a call to worship on that thing. But I can seek any number of distractions with that thing at any time of day or night. Not everybody has a smartphone. Not everybody has distractions, but we have plenty of ways to distract us. That may be the most important thing I have to say. Pay attention to the boredom. God is very close. That may be the takeaway today, but I'm still going to preach a little bit more. When Jesus said to the disciples, come away to a deserted place, Maybe that's where boredom happens. A deserted place where there's no distractions, where there's no lights and whistles, where there's no noise, where there's no people, where there's no demands placed on us. Jesus said to the disciples and says to us today, come away to a deserted place. Maybe 
that's a place called Sabbath. How many times <laughs> did I say as a child, oh, I'm not sure I want to go to church. Church is so boring. Have you heard that from your kids or your grandkids? Next time they say that, say, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and that's where we meet God, in the boredom. Prayer may be Sabbath, uh, deserted places may be Sabbath, it may be prayer time, it may be fasting from TV or the phone or people. But Jesus said to the disciples, go to a deserted place, get away. In the context of this wisdom from Jesus, before the scripture that Cheng Yang read, if you go back a little bit in that gospel, you'll see that Jesus sent the disciples out to preach, to teach, to heal. And they did. And they changed the world. And they came back to Jesus and said, let us tell you about all of the things that we've said and done. Let us tell you about the healing that took place. Let us tell you about the teaching. And people were thronging to them. They were just surrounding them. There was almost a frenetic spirit there. And it was in that context that Jesus said, go to a deserted place. They went in, out in a boat. And the people who were wanting a piece of the disciples, they followed the boat across to the other side. And, and when they got there, the people were crowds and all clamoring for healing, for wisdom, for something. And Jesus saw them and had compassion on them. For they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he ministered to them. Now, until very recently, I used to look at that image of Jesus and think, oh, poor Jesus. No rest for the weary. What a magnanimous gesture of Jesus to have compassion on the crowds and to heal them and minister to them. In reading this familiar text this year, I'm looking at it differently. Jesus sent the disciples out to do the work. We know that Jesus understood the rhythm of work and solitude, ministry and deserted space, seeking solitude with God and being in community and in ministry. We knew, we know that Jesus had that rhythm down. It's in the scriptures. He wasn't doing all the work. It was the disciples doing the work. When they came back to tell him about it, he was rested. He was ready. He had been refueled by the Spirit, if you will. And so when he said to the disciples, you go to a deserted place, he was ready to have compassion because compassion comes from places of solitude. Do you know the term compassion fatigue? 
It's a very descriptive word that, or, or phrase that may describe where we are as a people, as a nation. We may be so fatigued by the needs of so many people that there's no more compassion in us to go around. And Jesus may be saying to us, go to a deserted place. Seek time of solitude because that is where compassion grows. And without compassion, followers of Jesus, what good are we? And so this text may be a reminder to us that we need solitude. We need to seek God in silence, in private, in boredom. And that is where we have our compassion restored. And the second is this. God calls us to be in active ministry, each of us. And God calls us into that rhythm of being active and also to pay attention to disengaging. Those of you who know what it is to work on a committee know how important that is to be active in ministry and to disengage as well. Because if we're active all the time, we will burn out. And we need to be active and to disengage. To care a lot and to not care much. Do you see that balance? That's the balance of Jesus and the balance of healthy discipleship. I leave you with this a resource that I'm going to be unpacking a lot more in the fall when we offer Mindfulness 101 class where we learn different resources and skills that may help us ground ourselves, may help us find a deserted place even while we're standing online in the supermarket, even when we're listening to our husband describe baseball, even when we're at work in the tedium of a normal day's life, even when we're bored, we're breathing. We've been breathing since we got up this morning. We've been breathing all of last night. Well, we've been breathing since the day we were born. And the breath comes from God. And God is humble enough to not take credit But God continues to give us breath. And every time we exhale, we've learned to trust that God will give us another breath. And when we come to our dying moment and we don't breathe anymore, God will welcome us home. Breathing is such holy activity. When we are bored, maybe we can just give God thanks for the breath that is going in and out of us. Maybe when we're bored, we can breathe in God's peace and breathe out God's peace. 
to our family, to our colleagues, to the supermarket clerk, to the people who we're having conversation with, and our mind has wandered from that conversation. But we might bring ourselves back by breathing in God's peace and breathing out God's peace to the people with whom we are talking, to the people who need our blessing, our prayer, our attention, our love. Let's close our eyes and just imagine breathing in the peace of Christ and breathing out the peace of Christ. Taking in a deep breath, breathing in the peace of Christ and exhaling and breathing out the peace of Christ. Peace in, peace out, peace in, peace out. And the people of God said, Amen.